Hello and welcome to Meet the Education Researcher. This is a podcast from the Faculty of Education, Monash University in Melbourne, Australia. Hello, my name's Neil Selwyn, and in this episode of Meet the Education Researcher, I'm talking with Rege Toft Norgard from Aarhus University in Denmark. Rege works in the area of educational design thinking, merging design practices with educational philosophy and thinking about the ethics of higher education. In this conversation, we talk about a few of Rege's current projects, notably the University of We and the Playful University. These are both working out ways to bring different sets of values and visions to our thinking about the future of universities. So first off, I asked Rege about working across these three different areas of design, education and technology. How does she locate her work in terms of these three different fields? And what do design approaches bring to her own thinking about education? If I had to kind of place myself in one of these three fields, I'm kind of coming out of design uh, into education, now working with technology. And so um, design and design thinking, design philosophies is really about values and interactions and experiences. So thinking about education from the perspective of design would always uh, see it as something inherently value-based and vision-driven. If if you don't have values to base your design on, and if you don't have a vision to drive it, you can't really go anywhere. So uh, in that way, it's it's value-based and vision-driven, and, and from the design perspective, it will always be. Otherwise, it's poor design and poor education. So it's a, it's a political process? Well, th- I don't think design would call it political, uh, or, or as they would say, probably everything is political. Um, and if you don't know what kind of policies uh, that are driving your agenda, you're just driving blindly. Um, so there's this um, very nice concept of desiderata, which means the thing that decides where you need to go uh, when you're designing. And so it's, it's coming from different fields. So it's coming from the people. You're, all, you're never designing for yourself. You're always designing for someone. And there's this um, nice concept of design wisdom. And design wisdom is designing the right thing for the right reasons, for the right time, for the right place, for the right people uh, in, in the right situation. So all of these are kind of value-based, vision-driven decisions. And the concept of design kind of implies looking forward or making new things. And you talk also about future making. So I'm really interested in this concept. I mean, what does future making mean to you? And and how is it implicit in all the design work that we've just described? So there's uh, certain branches of design that are very um, organized around kind of problem solving or uh, product development or something like that. And then there's other branches of design that are more kind of coming from the arts and humanities, perhaps, um, and not from engineering or or STEM-oriented field. Uh, Speculative design, critical design, discursive design, and and that's where I place myself. Uh, And what characterizes these fields is that they have this concept of future-making. And and future-making is, um, from speculative design, we have this concept of the future cone. And so the future cone you stand at a certain place and then you look at all the possible futures that are out there. 
So it's not a, about kind of um, looking for the most probable future or the future that will come. That sometimes drives our universities, you know, we need more engineers or we need to go here. Um, but looking for the, uh, at all the possible futures within the future cone and then looking for the preferable future, which is something quite different than the probable future. So what future do we actually prefer? And then kind of jumping there. So not kind of looking, but jumping to that future without care for the present and standing in that future that you want, desire, dream for, need, and then think, okay, how do we get back to the present from there? What is the consequences of this future? So it's, it's kind of almost a backward engineering approach to design in that way. So you talking about um, care and kind of humanistic values makes me think that this is a very kind of distinct flavour of design thinking. I mean, would it be fair to say there's a kind of Scandinavian tradition? Uh, there's this nice concept in Danish, rundkredspedagogik, which is um, sitting in a circle pedagogy, which is a very negative flavoured word where we just sit in a circle and talk about things. But it's also very ethical and authentic that it's kind of driving, driven by dialogue and having a collective vision of something and then trying to go there. Uh, and I think that's also um, characteristic of Scandinavian design traditions like participatory design, for example, which is also very, very value-oriented, uh, trying to uh, free the laborer and uh, make them take control of the factories. And, and, so, and implementing that uh, or taking that approach in, in higher education and, and university practice is, is quite interesting, but I think that's, you know, uh, in the olden days, uh, that's what that was what the university was about, sitting in a circle discussing things. Well, I was going to say the idea of the workers taking control of the workplace um, is a really interesting uh, metaphor to, to apply to universities. And you work a lot in the area of higher education futures. And I just wanted to talk about a couple of specific elements of your recent work. And the first is this idea of the, the ethical university and what you call the university of we. So, I mean, what are the main ideas underlying the University of Wii? Often the way I work is I stumble across things, then I kind of hit my head against a concept or a certain field that I haven't discovered before, and then I try to dig into it. And so for the University of Wii, beside kind of being based on care ethics and virtue ethics and those kind of uh, philosophy traditions uh, with inside ethics, it's also based around what is called the Rochdale principles, which is the principles underlying the cooperative or the collective. And so thinking about the university as a cooperative or as a collective, something we own together, something we live in together, something we practice together, what would be the implications for university thinking through this? And so um, there's a lot about ethical practice but ethical practice is certain is often about you know um, uh, complying with the rules, uh, uh, GDPR, um, having uh, documents that allows you to do interviews and stuff like that. But that's not really ethics. That's just the law. And so, to be an ethical university requires that you have a university with an ethical character. Uh, you have a university with ethical concern uh, for the others, the people that are inside it, and the people outside it. And you have a university that is fun, uh, founded on this um, ethics of care. And so ethics of care is, um, well, that's Scandinavian. And so we have this philosopher called Lööstrup, or I don't know how, that, he's not well known in, in outside Denmark. He's very famous in Denmark. 
uh, but he's slowly getting translated now. And he has this um, ethical imperative, which is uh, like we are talking together now. And the, the moment you start talking to me, you also have an ethical responsibility to me. Uh, you are kind of carrying me in your hands. Uh, you're carrying my head, my heart and my hands in your hands. And so you have to take care of me. And so this and that goes both way, of course. So a university of care or a university of we is a university that acknowledges itself as ethical and takes on that responsibility in order to try to create an institution that are concerned for the we and especially the otherness. As um, So there's another philosopher called Levinas. He talks about the other. And the other is, is the very most annoying thing in the world because it's what we don't understand, uh, what we uh, can never understand, but what we what is still out there. So the people at the university that are kind of off or other is also part of the university. Research practice that we find annoying because it does not comply with what we think research is, still have to be, still is in the ethical relation. Uh, learners that are not behaving like we would like them to do is still uh, the other that we have to take care of. So it's, it's the university of we is um, an attempt to try to point towards what is actually required to be ethical as a university. But all of this sounds completely at odds with the idea of the neoliberal university and the corporate university. I mean, there's a, there is this idea that when ethics meet institutions, that the ethics are only surface deep. So, I mean, how easy is it to have those conversations um, along the lines of what you've just described to me with a real life university? I mean, how do you get universities to actually take these ideas seriously? Well, what is quite interesting, perhaps also a bit concerning, is that uh, university leaders or institution are, are becomes quite kind of enthusiastic when when I talk like this. And yes, this is what the university is about. And uh, uh, this is what we want to be or become, or this is what we are. And then, so you have to be really careful. Uh, they, they don't only kind of latch onto the surface of things, the values, the visions, uh, the care. Yeah, we want to take care and we are careful. A university full of care, a careful university but then try to really point to the implications of this and then also think with in reality. So again, going back to the future cone, it's still within the possibility of worlds to have an ethical university. It, it's just really hard to practice it. And for most, most of my thinking, it's also what I would sometimes call kind of applied philosophy. So not only talking about this, but also pointing towards uh, actual universities that in some ways are ethical university or actual universities that in some way practice this kind of value-based vision-driven approach. Um, and of course, I wouldn't point within the Scandinavian countries because I'm from Scandinavia, so I think it's quite normal that you are not well, annoyed with your own kind of culture. Uh, so when I go to the UK, they're quite annoyed with their own university culture, and but like the Scandinavian, they point to Scandinavia and we point to the UK. Um, I work a lot with UK-based um, uh, higher education philosophers because that's a strong tradition in the UK and elsewhere, but it's very, very new in, in, in Denmark. And there you have interesting universities. So uh, the University of Winchester, for example, has a very interesting uh, university strategy um, that is based on three pillars. So 
one pillar is a widening, a expanding horizon, widening worlds and imagination. And I think those three are interesting pillars to try to live up to because that's really um, the the widening worlds, expanding horizons are actually what the University of We and Ethics is about to kind of try to not only be concerned with what you would like to see as a university, but also what is needed and what you have to do. So I can see how you can sell the idea of the ethical university so to real life universities. I'm really interested in the, your work on the playful university. Now, that's a whole new kettle of fish. I mean, universities strike me as being super serious institutions. I mean, what do you mean by playful and, and what part does being playful have in the university? It's quite interesting. I think this neoliberal um, ranking kind of university we have at the moment is very stressful uh, system to be in. So, so you get stress, you get depression, you feel lonely, you feel isolated, uh, both as an academic and, and as a student. And then you, the universities, of course, need to do something about this because that also impacts the ranking. Uh, that's not why, of course. Um, but uh, so they take it very seriously. Uh, and one way you think, oh, but if we make it more playful or a more fun experience, a more enjoyable experience, then that might help on on the stress level and the isolation. So there is actually a quite a big interest in play, but play in um, what I would call uh, the mundane understanding of play and not the what I call sacred playfulness. So that's about fun, uh, enjoyability. Um, uh, it often looks fun. So there's like, I don't know, Legos or a lot of uh, drawing materials and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of import of that into the university as extracurricular activities, because not in the curriculum, that's serious still. Um, and then I try to have conversations about them, what it means to actually be playful. So it's not about having, well, it's allowed, you're allowed to have fun, but it's not about being fun and looking fun. In true play, sacred play, you open up to the world and you allow yourself to be played with as you play with the world. So the world plays with you and you play with the world. And there's an openness in learning and teaching and research that suddenly becomes very visible because we don't, in play, you never know the answer. Uh, and you never, you cannot uh, decide play. Uh, you, are, you, are, you are led by play and you are leading play certain ways. So it's like a dance or rhythm that you're doing in your teaching or in your learning. And so I think there's something really um, important if because there's a lot of talk of the um, entrepreneurial university and being innovative and being creative and there's a very large kind of calling for those qualities which are inherent in play but in this kind of deeper way so play is about playing with worlds and ideas and then discovering um, the unknown or what we didn't know uh, that we didn't know um, and so we cannot know the answer, yeah, the answer in advance. And I think that needs to go into the core of the curriculum and into the heart of teaching, because that's where we actually discover who we are and what the world is and, and what we do not know, but need to know. got one final question i mean you've clearly got heaps going on already but i'm just interested about your kind of the near future i mean what's on the horizon apart from everything we've just talked about 
Are there other ideas that you're just beginning to think about that you might turn into your next five years of work? I mean, what are you beginning to get interested in? Well, that question probably hinges uh, on how unrealistic I'm allowed to answer that question. So uh, Ron Barnett has this concept of a feasible utopia. So it's it's not a unfeasible utopia, but a feasible utopia. So for me, uh, my feasible utopia would be to try to make a university. That's probably very, uh, that's an unfeasible utopia. But a, a university at a library, for example, or a university at a community hall, or a university at a cafe, like really going back to some of these old traditions and trying to have a university in the open, a university based on everything we just talked about and based on the Rochdale principles where we together decide what this university is about and where we want it to go. And and not in this kind of uh, hippie, utopian, uh, silly way, but trying to actually take the the core and the heart of university serious. And it can start at a very small scale if I look five years ahead. Just trying to, I, I've tried to take small steps in that direction. So I, I moved courses that I've been teaching to the public library where we had the course and we also did the exam uh, at the ramp uh, at the Doc One, which is a university in uh, the public library in Aarhus, which is a public space where people come by with their, what's it called, baby carriages and old people uh, just wanting to rent a book and then the university is going on. And what the is happening here and who's speaking and, and the, it looks really strange, but it's also a way of, because at least in Denmark, you have this backlash about uh, at the university and acad- the wrong kind of academia just being the ivory tower kind. So bringing the university to the open, practicing it out there, trying to engage people, uh, engage the public, uh, be engaged with the public as the university is happening. I think uh, that is something I want to practice even more uh, than I'm doing at the moment, to have a university for the people. Well, I mean, that all sounds really, really inspiring. You've uh, cheered me up a lot about working in higher education. The future looks bright. I mean, thanks ever so much for taking the time to speak, Rick. It's been fascinating listening to you. And good luck in the future work. Thank you. And um, we'll see, we see, we see each other in the preferable future. Hopefully.